heartbreak for multiple drivers. Some underdogs shine and absolute carnage at Albert Park. This is Into the Chicane, a Formula One podcast post-Australian Grand Prix. We are your hosts. I'm Channing Apodaca. That is Brandon Wood. Yo, welcome. If we had to sum up this race in three words, I would go with holy fucking shit. <laughs> That's good. This was absolute insanity. How did you feel about this? It was it was definitely quite a shakeup from the past couple of weeks. Yes. It was, I think it all started from the practice sessions. Yeah, going into this one, um, I've always thought that the Australian Grand Prix was a little bit lackluster. I've never thought that it was the most exciting race on the calendar. Um, and then FP2 rolled along and... Uh, Showed us that we were going to be in for a little bit of a roller coaster. We got to jump right into this because there's so much to go over. And we're already trying to consolidate these these podcasts into shorter, more concise, less rambling, which I'm doing right now. <laughs> Just straight up information, predictions, opinions, uh, stupidity. And then the Australian Grand Prix rolls around and gives us way too much to talk about. This could be a three or four episode if we wanted it to be. But pre-race, uh, we were told that the grid boxes, after the first two rounds of the season, the grid boxes were going to be expanded because we had penalties in each of the Grand Prix for drivers lining up incorrectly. Um, and they expanded the grid boxes. And uh, who made out on the better end of that? The golden boy, Max Verstappen. Yeah, well, his there's a lot of people questioning his and like kind of upset about it, but he was technically on the line. Not not past yep. it by any any amount, so he was still fully fully legal. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, you know, like we talked about last week, people the the hashtag Red Bull cheats, <laughs> F1 fixed is going to be trending because, but he was within the confines of the new rule that they released for this weekend specifically, where they expanded the grid box. Yada yada, you guys can cry about it. Um, FP1, uh, I don't remember a whole lot happening. Pretty normal yeah. uh, session. The one thing uh, that maybe was notable about it was that it was a little bit colder and windier than historically it's been in the past few years. So mm -hmm. that was kind of throwing a little bit of a of a loop for some of the teams that to you know just kind of figuring out what the tires are going to do for the weekend. I think that's the biggest question. I think right now for all the teams, as much as like getting all of their Aero stuff and the car worked out some technical stuff. Yeah. They're all still trying to figure out the tires. Yeah, for this year, a lot of teams having issues with deg um, and and tires getting hot enough. Um, which I think we did see a couple. You know, Max Verstappen struggled with that a little bit. Well, yeah, specifically with this weekend with the track being having less wear on the tires as opposed to the last couple rounds. Some of the some of the drivers were having a little trouble actually getting the tires up to temp, yeah. getting them in the window to really put in a, a yeah. fast fast time. So that's kind of what we saw. That's kind of where we saw. I mean, I think that was kind of like the deciding thing when we once we got finally got to qualifying was that's a big reason why I think the Ferraris didn't qualify as well as they were yeah. able to because they didn't quite have that strategy figured out. Mm -hmm. um, both drivers were on different tire strategy, tire warm up strategies, and that that kind of yeah. sounds like they're still using some of these sessions as testing yeah. sessions. I mean, they're doing different strategies with both drivers, but yeah, I mean, just just to do back to the practice thing. I mean, they were also having 
issues on the track with GPS. Yeah. So FP2 rained out. Um, let's just, you know, we'll get this out of the way. FP2 <laughs> was rained out. It became, uh, no pun intended, a fucking wash, basically. Um, that's just kind of what happens. Especially, it's it's shitty for the teams because FP2 is the most important session of the weekend uh, for practices, I guess I should say. Um, that's where they're going to get most of their data, and then the rest of it is, uh, you know, FP3 is more, just kind of putting the package together. Uh, but that's rained out and becomes a wash. Uh, FP3, we had a bunch of drivers just going off. That's where we started seeing, you know, teams not getting their tires allocated, not getting their setups correct. Uh, and then that's when the GPS started glitching out, and we had just, like, traffic all over the place. Yeah, cars ended up in a bunch of little groups where, you know, people would be on a, a slow run at the same time, some be on yeah. a hot run, and then everyone just getting frustrated with each other. And I've never seen that issue happen. I've always been really impressed with the GPS and the, the computer monitoring that F1 and all the teams have in place because – you know, some announcers might lose drivers on track, but they don't have all the information. But but teams can tell you exactly where every single one of those drivers is. Not just their their driver, but they can tell you exactly down to, you know, yeah. the, the nano inch, whatever. And that's part of the engineer's job exactly. in that circumstance yeah. is to be able to tell the driver, you know, that they have either people behind them or people in front of them. So that as they're going to making their runs that they don't have to worry about that kind of stuff and yeah. they can avoid, you know, potential issues. Yeah. So it, it messed with a lot of the team's uh, practice sessions because they weren't able to get in the laps that they wanted to get any information from drivers weren't able to get um, proper warm up or, or, or actual fast laps. They're having to start, slow down, get it up to pace, slow back down. It, the fucking GPS systems look like U.S. 911 response. You know what I mean? Just nobody knew where anybody was at. Yeah. Um, I think I, I just want to touch on this now because I think this was a good example this weekend is I think something that gets overlooked a lot is how often problems compound throughout the weekend, right? <clears throat> you look at Checo. Like he had tons of tons of issues uh, in, in, the, in the practice session. Mm-hmm. And and then ends up going off, uh, in the his first run in qualifying. Yeah, doesn't have something that ruins his whole weekend. Yeah, the Ferraris not being able to get their tires in the right right window and stuff, and all all those things just compound and build throughout the weekend and put people in the situations that they're in. It's a real when it rains it pours type of sport, and then you see a ripple effect of you know the smallest little thing. You see that start to build like you'll see you know we have the gps problem here causing traffic and then later on during the race which we'll get to more i i made note of it you know you have traffic after one of the restarts which i've never seen we'll touch on that more when we get there i'll, I'll remember to get back to that but um in the qualifying um surprising check out in q1 um he got he goes off uh i forget which how many runs he had put in? It was his fir- very first hot lap. He was had, it? He maybe did like one warm up lap, but it was his first like real push. Yeah. And then very early on in the lap, he went off like with he the just, same issue. He, he said he locked up the front right, right? I think it was both front yeah. fronts. But he just said immediately on the on the radio, he was like, "Oh, same problem as before. Like, we yeah. got it. What is going on? We got to figure this out." Yeah, he bends it. He wasn't able to get it out of the rocks either. It looked like he was going to be able to pull it off. There's a little bit of runoff. It was, it's muddy, but he touched the wall. Maybe he didn't have enough 
didn't have enough space to get it into that little bit of a runoff to get him out of the gravel trap, but he gets it stuck. And if you can't move your car out of a gravel trap, your session is over. So he he's DNF'd in Q1, which means he's, without putting in any kind of a hot lap, uh, he's starting from the back of the pack, um, which is detrimental to his, his bid for the championship. It's not over, obviously. Um, anything can happen. This is only race three, but uh, it put a big dent in it for him. Um, he still does finish fine. I didn't like Christian Horner's comments after this. I don't know if you heard this. Uh, I didn't really catch what he said. What did he? So he was there was an interview with Christian Horner um, pre-race. It was uh, like you know just after the parade uh, on the the grid line when uh, you know all the reporters are going out and interviewing people. Christian Horner was interviewed by I want to say Will Buxton about what he thought of Checo's chances of getting through the pack and where he thought he might end up mm. and. I'm not upset about the fact that he, because he, he kind of was like, you know, he'll, he'll hopefully be able to push through the pack. We don't know if it'll be as good of a charge as Max was able to do in the previous race, up to second or possibly first. And I don't, I'm not saying that I take issue with that because I think Albert Park is more difficult to push through. It's a smaller track, um, less high speed, so Max was able to get through. We all knew that Max was going to get through because. It's Max, it's the Red Bull, and the, the setup of, of uh, Saudi just kind of favors a push like that. Didn't Max start from 15th, too, by the way? Yeah, so he did have five extra spots. Checo starting all the way from the back. But Christian Horner said, uh, you know, we expect him to be able to push through the pack. He's a good little racer. <laughs> and I just felt like, like, dude, a team like Red Bull, a team principal like Christian Horner, who already gets shit for the treatment of their second drivers— don't be calling a veteran of the sport the second, you know, a guy who's in second place in the world champion in the world championship. Don't be disrespectful and say he's a good little racer. This isn't Oscar Piastri that we're talking about here. This isn't Logan, Logan Sargent. This isn't a rookie. I can understand if you were talking about Nick DeVries, somebody who haven't seen. It, it just came off as, you know, when you want to believe that they're giving Checo all the respect in the world and they have his back fully, for them to for Christian Horner to brush him off and say, oh, well, yeah, we've got a good little racer on our hands in our number two seat. It's just disappointing to hear that type of talk. He needs to put some spec on his name. He needs to put some fucking spec on Checo's name. Put some respect on his neck. We've seen how strong that thing is. Um, so he starts from the back, and then Valtteri Boltas, I didn't see what penalty he took, but he also started from the pit lane. I think it was just for some parts that they took. Um, yeah. I'm not sure exactly what it was. I know that they had a lot of suspension related changes that they made coming into this weekend. I don't know that it was related to that necessarily, but they're, they're definitely still searching. Yeah. They had, car, so they had a bit of an ugly weekend overall. Um, you know, they lucked out because of, you know, everything that happened towards the end of this race, which we'll cover, but Alfa Romeo really was nowhere to be seen in a lot of these sessions. I think it was, uh, it was Crofty or one of the guys I was listening to uh, in the post-race interviews. And despite the fact that Valtteri Bottas is the new adopted son of Australia, you know, they <laughs> love him there. One yeah, of the guys seem, was like... Seemingly more so than they like uh, Oscar. Yeah. he. I, you see a lot of... You saw, did see a lot of fans rooting for Oscar, but yeah. Valtteri Bottas was like the star of the weekend totally. going into it. But yeah. one of the commentators, and I agree with him, was like, where has Valtteri been all weekend? He goes, I forgot he was even here. He was nowhere in practice. He was nowhere in qualifying. And I don't know if this is just because of the issues with his car. 
But in the race, he was nowhere to. I think he might have had a little bit too much fun there. He, I mean, he was so, I don't want to say that he's so busy, but he was, he was soaking up all the media attention. A little distracted, maybe. Living his life. And I just, it made me wonder, and I'm not trying to start rumors or speculate, if he's mentally checked out. I mean, I would, you know, probably not so much. He's probably struggling a little bit with this, uh, this year's car. Maybe. You know, he's, he's, he's been outdone by Joe a couple yeah. times now. Um, Which that's, that's why, that's why I really asked the question. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I mean, looking at it in isolation, this was his best finish of the year. Joe? Valtteri, but there's also eight cars that didn't yeah, finish. Yeah, eight cars didn't finish the race. So he, he might've been pulling up the rear if it wasn't for that. Yeah. Um, let's go back to our notes page real quick. Um, so that happens. And then, uh. Oh, that little Max and Q2 avoided that. Uh, what kind of bird was that? I don't even remember. Is it a, a herring? It looks like a little tiny crane. Yeah, or a, some water bird. Uh, what's water that? Fowl. A pheasant, I think it was. It looked like a little pheasant. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. but Look, hey, good on Max because you can actually see him. He does juke to avoid the bird. The bird, on the other hand, didn't even flinch. This just reminded me. I, I meant to look into this. There was somebody that I saw on Twitter. I don't know if this is a lie or what, but they said that Max had hit a bird during the race and he actually had front wing damage. And that was part of the reason why he wasn't quite wasn't as taking far off. gapped out front as, as possible. But hmm. I meant to look back and kind of look into that a little bit more, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. That would be interesting. I didn't hear Max talking about it. At exactly. All. I feel like, is, I don't know. But. I feel like if that had actually happened, he would have said something. Uh, and I watched the post-race press conference. Didn't hear him say anything about that. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Other than that, uh, Mercedes nailed their tire strategy. Two warm-up laps, and they landed in P2 and P3 to start the race. It looked like, in qualifying, that they were going to take it. Yeah, I mean. But you know what? To that whole bird story, Max barely out-qualified them. So if he really had that much pace without hitting a bird... Yeah, I feel well, like he would have put it a second higher than the two Mercedes. Also, he was on a different. Apparently, he did like one warm up lap and then, um, went for went for his his actual quality lap. So in Q three, in Q three, interesting. Um, but brings me to the the Ferrari thing where Charles, for whatever reason, went for his lap straight out. Didn't even really give much of a warm-up lap. Carlos was on a two-lap warm-up strategy. Carlos got a call late asking for to give Charles a toe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Carlos was still on his, uh, like, warm-up lap, so obviously he's not going full full out. Yeah. And I guess he just didn't quite get enough of a, a heads-up so he can get up to speed or whatever and give a proper toe. Next thing you know... Charles comes around a corner and he, and, and he comes up behind Carlos. Carlos is basically parked on the racing line oh, and wow. has to like, just get, get out of the way around him and then, and then go on. And basically at the, when Charles finished, uh, there's a comment made over the radio where he sarcastically says, Oh, Oh, uh, thanks a lot for the, t- tell Carlos, thanks a lot for the toe on that last one or whatever. Oh God. I thought Carlos outshined him all week. So, so that's what led to to this. Mo- there was this moment in the 
in the paddock. I wanted to see if you could watch this with me and see what you think about this. So we've got, looks like Chuck and Carlos coming together to have a conversation in the paddock. All kinds of I was, technical I was, issues uh, today. Let's see. I was having trouble watching this. I was in Wisconsin performing on the night of the qualities, and I was driving through an actual fucking blizzard. Um, it actually got a little shaky. We weren't, we weren't able to go over 25 miles an hour. Um, so I was watching this with very spotty reception. Let's so see, there's here Carlos go. coming over. Cut the tension with a knife. He's got his eyes deadlocked. He's like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And Chuck looking really apologetic. Carlos is like, what are you talking about? They didn't tell me. They didn't give me. They didn't tell me ahead of time. Hmm. So you can see already bubbling in, in qualifying, like there's communication issues happening. I wonder how like, much of the GPS issues might have played into that. It might have, you know. Um, but, you know, it, it could have just been as simple as like they weren't being, they weren't on the same page. You know, yeah. they didn't talk about it ahead of time. Maybe they didn't go in with the clear, like, this is what we're going to do and this is when it's going to happen. And I think they, that just kind of led to what we saw develop into the race, you know? And they both qualified uh, six, seven, somewhere around there, right? Something like that. Let's see, pull it back up. Uh, qualifying. And go back up. Yeah, seven. Yeah, seven. Uh, Charles, Carlos is in fifth. Five and seven, yeah. I, that was a surprise. I also thought it was a little bit of a surprise that Lance Stroll um, wasn't able to get put in a little bit better time than... Uh, I mean, for Carlos. a second there, Charles was sitting in third. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost had my predi- prediction. I mean, Absolutely correct. Shit. Almost. For a second, Alex Albon was in second or third. Dude, so. that was amazing. I mean, yeah. Alex... We can get into his whole thing later, but yeah, his just overall, I was really proud of him. Um, so yeah, that's qualifying. We have Max taking pole. The two Mercedes uh, having their best weekend, at least to start. Um, they look like they were able to dial things in a little bit. That's good to see. Um, adding to the fight, that's pretty nice. Uh, let's get into this race real quick. Yeah, so like I mentioned earlier, Botas and Checo both uh, start from the pit lane. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, start of the race immediately. Mercedes get the jump on Max. I don't know what that was there. If it was just a tire thing with Max, maybe he's just being cautious on the jump. It looked like he got a bad start. It looked like the first, uh, you know, little blip on the radar for Red Bull. Uh, Max didn't get a great start, and then he goes to defend uh, to his right. I think it was, or he goes to defend to one of the sides, and George Russell just slides right in. Um, and Max didn't really put up too much of a fight because George was just right in there. Mm-hmm. Stuck a nose up the inside, takes over. And not only did he take over, but he took off. He was he jumped out way ahead because Max had to defend uh, Lewis and then Fernando because they were jumping all over him too. Yeah, Fernando's right there. Lewis, I think, did a good job when he was just sitting in that second place spot, yeah. just kind of defending, yep. you know, making the car as wide as possible. Uh, and then Lewis ends up taking Max over too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Lewis ends up in second, George in first, Max in third, followed by Fernando. Um, I thought that this. Oh, before we get into that, let's go. Uh, 
Leclerc tries to pull off a risky move on Stroll. Yeah, first first lap, first lap, third turn. Yep. Like like I said, compounding issues. You know, they started off on the back foot from qualifying. Charles trying to make an early move. Yeah. Being a little risky, trying trying to pass around on the outside, didn't really have. He tried to blame it on Stroll too. I don't know if you heard that. He goes, "Stroll hit my right rear." Yeah. It was one hundred percent his fault. Yeah, he turned in on him. Yeah. You know, it was just a little clumsy move from Charles trying to get a little bit of a of a of a heads up in early on in the race. I mean, as he should, you know, you want to sure. make your moves quick, but it just really wasn't the place for it. And yeah. Stroll was just not in the the. Yeah, Stroll's lucky that. It was just tire on tire because that could have ruined his race too. Oh my goodness, he had a couple, <laughs> couple of lucky, lucky goes this weekend. They, so. He really did, man. He's he's he was living like a cat uh, in Australia. Um, so that's the end of Charles Leclerc's race, and that is the first red flag. Uh, or no, sorry, that's the first safety car. They didn't red flag it, right? No. Yeah. So it wasn't uh, until preemptive, right there. Lap um, seven. We have a safety car, um, and this safety car restart. If I remember, George was flying. When they actually let things go, uh, he was he was out there. Once the safety car came in, he got an early jump on it. He got it around he's, the last turn. Yeah, he's really good at that, playing with the safety car and being yeah. and being, being the first on the jump and, and doing it in a way where he kind of throws off everybody else yeah, behind he, him. He yeah. kind of slowed down the pack prior to the very last turn going into the starting line and then took off around that turn, and bam, he was gone. Um uh, Lewis then overtakes Max. Uh, I don't remember. If, I don't remember if that was before the safety car or not. Honestly, um, but it ends up being uh, that was well before he was. Max was in third at the safety car restart, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, because um, <sighs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it's uh, George then Lewis and uh, Lewis starts attacking George early, which means George starts crying early. I don't know if you remember that. Well, because he, so Lewis in, in second place spot, he's getting a lot of pressure from Max. So right. he's trying to just push the pace a little bit. George is like, well, you guys are telling me to manage my tires, but I'm trying to getting, defend from I'm, my teammates. Exactly. The George stands are going to start coming from us because this is just another thing that I don't like from George. I get that you're being told to manage your tires, but then you start complaining about your teammate putting pressure on you. If you want to be the number one driver on this team, outdrive your teammate. Don't cry about the fact that your teammate is putting pressure on you and you have to defend from him. This is Lewis fucking Hamilton we're talking here. Like that that's my that's my grievance with George for anybody. Also, for I those mean, of you guys coming at us about, you know, hating on George, we're not hating on George because of a lack of talent. We fully understand that he's one of the prodigies of the sport and probably a top 5 driver in the world. It's about the fact that the team is still focusing on Lewis winning his world, his eighth world championship and great on George for driving the way that he's been driving, especially for this weekend for making that a hard decision. It's not any hate on George about, you know, having to sit pat and, and be a, a prairie dog to, to Lewis. Yeah. I mean, people need to remember that, you know, we're not, we're not hating on George. We're hating on everybody. Yes. So. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so George uh, having to defend from Lewis, which was an interesting uh, little bit because then Lewis gets on his radio and he starts talking about having to push the pace or or let him go through. Um, in the end, you know, despite all George's efforts, uh, it didn't work out so great for him. We'll cover that in a little bit. Uh, yeah, so, so George was in the lead, pushing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he held si- it too. Albon's... Albon's Spin out happens, lap seven, right? Yeah. So let's talk. 
first, uh, before we talk about Alex Albon uh, losing it, just what a great weekend he had going into this and what fucking heartbreak this was. Mm -hmm. So Alex was in sixth place in the Williams on lap seven. Sixth place in a Williams. He had gained three or four positions, right? What did he qualify? He he qualified eighth. Yeah, so he was up two spots off the the jump. He moved up two spots, and yes, one of them was uh, a DNF from Charles Leclerc, but still, he was having just... He, he got past Stroll in that. Yeah, he was having the weekend of his life. Um, not really. Maybe that's an overstatement, but <laughs> at least for the Williams. You know, he was he was just really yeah. putting together. He looked great in practice. He looked great in qualifying. Um, the momentum has just been building. Yeah, right? and especially mm-hmm, comparatively yeah. to Logan Sargent, who I think was gripping the wheel a little bit too tight all weekend, um, because this was, you know, there was a lot of go- shit going on for a rookie to be dealing with. But Alex having just a great weekend, he loses it. He goes just a little bit too hard on the throttle in uh, one of the turns on lap seven, loses it. He spins into the gravel trap. It shoots debris and rocks all over. He hits the wall. It takes out the Aramco wall. Um, I don't, there's a little bit of controversy with this because people were saying that there wasn't enough damage to the wall to warrant a red flag, but there was a ton of debris exactly. on the track. I, for one, love the red flag. I, I think use the red flag as much as you can because we're not losing laps of the actual race. Mm-hmm. When you go under safety car, it's going to take those, those trackside marshals a bunch of time to clear off all that gravel, and there yeah. was a lot of it. And there with was, the safety car, they're only going to have a little bit of a gap in between cars to be able to do that, right? Exactly. And so in, in order of just making it easier on the marshal, mm-hmm. safer just overall Yep, makes ton of sense just not only that but you're right you're there. i know it, it might take a little bit of extra time because the cars have to come in drivers have to get out or you can choose to stay in your car but we're saving racing we're not losing laps and fuel under safety car we're getting actual we're actually getting more racing because of the red flag we're putting a pause on the race and going well let's restart it some people might not like the fact that it's going to start from a different position or a different place with less momentum you know you have more a better chance of overtaking yeah, the off gaps the start line. Reset, exactly. Kind of um, I'm for that. That's that's more drama. That's more excitement. I would watch cars just do lap one 50 times if they wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, grids grid restarts are one of the most exciting parts of any race. You know, lap one and any kind of red flag restart is always fun. So I'm all for the the red flag on this one. One thing I noticed that was crazy about Alex's crash is he goes into the wall, he spits out all that those rocks. Uh, Gasly and Hulkenberg got a face full of debris. I don't know if you caught their onboards. Not really. Man, they, I forget who went through first. I want to say it was Gasly went through first. He, he got pelted. Very lucky that he didn't get hit in the finger or, you know, possibly in the neck or something. I don't know if you remember a a couple years ago, Roman Grosjean took a rock to the finger Mm -hmm. right into the knuckle and it almost broke his finger. He wasn't able, barely able to finish the race. He wanted to pull himself off, um, but yeah, they got just absolutely sprayed. Lucky that neither one of them got damaged, or at least that we know about. Um, so uh, we get the first red flag of this Grand so, Prix. So very importantly, though, at first they called safety car, safety car, right? Yeah. And then that's when George yes jumps straight into the pits to go get his set of hards. And this was his call. And had hundred percent had it only been a safety car, it probably would have been a great call and George would have probably led the race by a lot because, like you said, he was the only car to come in. He pits for the hards, meaning he wants to go long mm-hmm. on this set. He was the first one to do so. First to flinch. Um, he comes in. 
when he comes out of the pit, he falls back into seventh. Um, that's when the stewards decided to red flag it, which means that the grid order as it stands is going to stay the same way. So Lewis yeah, jumps cars in back first. into the pits, everything yep. off the track. So he loses there. six positions and every car on the track is now able to get new tires because that's, that's a new yeah. rule as of a few years ago that you're allowed to uh, change tires under red flag. So George really bites. He, he takes yeah. the bullet there. Um, so effectively he moved from first back to seventh for no reason. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought that they made that call preemptively. I think that looking at the damage to the wall, looking at the amount of debris, they should have sat for at least one more lap and then made the decision whether or not to to pit it. Because I, I looking at it, you can go, this might be red flagged. Yeah, yeah. People might disagree, but I think looking at there was a possibility. Yeah, there was a. I think there was a good possibility because of just how much was out on the track. Yeah, that it was going to be red flagged, and then again, I I stand by it. I think that was the right call to make. Yeah, I mean, not George, but the, for the stewards to red flag it, but they should have waited just a smidge because yeah. it it came out right after you know that it was going to be red flagged. The disappointment on that poor kid's face. <laughs> I mean, I, there had it not been called red flag, mm. he would have looked like a genius yep. to everybody. So, yep, it's one way or the so other. Just you know the way I mean? the the dice roll. Yeah, so quarter of an inch the other way, and you'd be celebrating. Yeah, Lady ducks. Um, but uh, good on him too. Or, you know, he, he kind of takes it on the chin. I was expecting a full George Russell meltdown, but uh, he was like, no, not your fault. He owned it up. Uh, yeah. owned, owned it, so. Um, man, he would he would have really came out on the better <laughs> side. That would have changed the entire race had that not been red flagged right there. Um, Potentially. I mean, you know, he did have some other issues, but. Uh, the first restart, I don't know if you noticed that the, or if you remember the traffic on the uh, formation. Yeah, I that. think that was partially because of Lewis, right? Because he was in the front and he was going, he slowed it down a lot. Yeah. Um, when the traffic happened, it looked like it was Carlos and and one of the alphas. I couldn't tell which one. I'm guessing it was probably Yuki. Um, but they were coming around a, a bit of a blind turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't again, I don't know how much the GPS uh, issues were playing into this, but nobody knew that there were cars slowed down right there. And we had like a five or six car near pile up. Did you see K Mag flying through there? He went straight through the gravel trap. There were multiple cars that came flying through because there were cars dead stopped. Yeah. They were holding up the pack, and they do this, for anybody who doesn't know, they do this because they want to get a stretch of runway ahead of them where they can heat up their tires. They kind of do it in spurts. Uh, They'll get their engine hot, get their tires hot before they line up, and they want to take as much time as they can because they have to then wait for the rest of the pack to line up behind them, and they need to keep the heat in those tires. Um, So they stretch out from each other as much as they can, but this just ended up being... Uh, again, compound of errors, uh, you know, mm-hmm. traffic being one of those things. It was a joke, um, but I thought it was a fun joke. It led for just more and more hilarious drama. Yeah. Um, and then we hit at the restart, we had, we had, uh, Hamilton in front mm-hmm. and Max right there. We, we, we were, we were, you texted texting me. This, I was like, how many laps until Max gets him? I said no more than three. What did it end up being? This three, right? Yep. Yeah. Three, three on those just needed to get his tires warmed up a little bit. And then they hit that. It was like the third DRS zone yep. going around I, that left hander. And he just, my God, blew by. I was texting with, uh, he um, did it really smartly though. Like he didn't try, he waited for the right moment. Yeah. He, he had kind of been right on his tail for, uh, you know, maybe about a third of that lap. And yeah. Then, I was texting with Bruno Mastro, uh, former guest of the show, friend of the show, whatever, uh, and he was like, "Jesus Christ, that was just disgusting." 
that that Red Bull DRS, like Max is really using it to his advantage right there. But he, yeah, he just he completely dusted him on that one. Um, uh, we had Checo climbing up the ladder a little bit. Um, he was making some dude, beautiful, beautiful passes. And it's not like he was battling with you know the best of the best. Not to shit on anybody's name, but it was you know the Haases, the Williams, uh, the Alphas, those back of the pack guys. Um, but he was putting the move on at turn nine over. And over, it's like every lap he was passing. Someone. Yep, he was passing someone on the same turn, and it was uh, they were beautiful. They were fast and sticking the nose up the inside, braking perfectly. It was it was fucking lovely. So Christian Horner, yeah, you do have a pretty good little racer on your hands there. Um, yeah, I mean, shouts out to Carlos Signs as well because at this point in the race, he had already worked his way back up to sixth. Um, from where did he fall to? He was at like eighth or ninth, something yeah. like that. But he was making passes. Carlos was having a good race. He was he was doing really good. I, uh, you know, it's yeah. I, I, as much as I, you know, this. I mean, the the groans and sighs are preemptive of of what's to come. You know what's funny? So I was uh, I was leaving Minnesota. I was at MSP Minnesota St. Paul Airport, and I was watching the post race um, the press conference with Max Lewis and Alonzo. And I had paused it, and I could still hear Crofty talking. I was at, like, one of the little charging station tables. And I hear, I still hear Crofty, and I look around, and there's a dude across from me looking down at his phone. Watching and I, the same thing. Well, he was watching the race, and I go, and I go, hey, you watching the race? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, it was a British guy. And I, I turned my, phone, my computer to him, and I was, I was like, I'm watching the post. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have my headphones on. I didn't know that you could hear. And I was like, no, I've already seen it, dude. I've already seen it in the... I was like, what lap are you on? And he's like, uh, I think at that point he was on like two. It was right after oh, Chuck's crash. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. You're in for a wild ride. I, that's what I kept telling him. I was, I was like, I don't want to give too much away, but you're really in for it. And then I go, who's your driver? And he goes, George. And I went, oh, oh buddy. Oh, man. You're in for uh, And I, I kept trying not to uh, give too much away. but um, That's pretty funny. Yeah, this poor guy. And then, you know, slowly, as, as time went on, I kept being like, where are you at? What lap? What lap? Um, and I think I left him on lap 14. Uh, so just before, just before. So George had, you know, he was still working his way up. I don't know. Had he made any passes? He had to have. Yeah. I'm not sure he, exactly. He, he fell to seventh. Um, he definitely chewed up some guys, uh, maybe like, uh, Gasly and, and stroll or somebody back there. Um, who Pierre Gasly also great fucking weekend. Um, we'll get to that later. Uh, George Russell lap 18, um, fighting his way back after having led this race. He's looking like he's going to make a charge at least to get himself back on the podium. Engine failure on lap 18. Flames just start shooting out the back of that Mercedes. You see him start dropping down the field order. Um, he has to hop out and uh, start giving the trackside marshals instructions on where to put fire extinguishers. And even if you know, you're a guy like me who George Russell is not your favorite driver, you gotta feel for him on that one, man. After after getting his podium taken away, having just a, a great weekend in the Mercedes, qualifying P2, finding the speed, being able to compete with Max, overtaking Max, leading the race, mucking the the safety car pit, climbing back up, looking like he's gonna get some great points, looking like he's gonna get that podium. All up in flames. All up in literal flames. And and the poor guy is just, you know, 
shaking his head. You had that funny, uh, you sent me that funny picture of uh, him watching the Red Bulls at the other red flag uh, restart, and he was just standing there staring in dismay. It looked like, it, I mean, he kind of had like a little bit, a little of bit a of a cheeky smile. Yeah, his face. he had his sunglasses on and everything. He was definitely trolling by sitting there against the pit wall, just looking at the McLaren or the McLaren, the Red Bull from about six feet away. Yeah. So, um, was that that was just a safety car, right? Uh, in red flag short, yeah, it was out. just a safety car. So. At this point in the race, it was kind of a it's kind of a little bit of a lull for a while. Yeah, it was a good race. There was a lot of uh, really great racing. Um, yeah, Checo like, was still climbing. Um, he was climbing. Um, Pierre Gasly was having himself a hell of a race. He was going back and forth with Carlos Sainz. Carlos had gotten around him eventually, but Pierre didn't give up. He stayed in his DRS, and there was multiple um, multiple packs, you know, in the in the middle and in the back of, like, three to four cars going at it over and over again. Little DRS trains, mm-hmm. exchanging of places. A lot of little battles, yeah. It was great, and this was a great show of speed um, for these cars. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something I want to talk about later is what Albert Park did and how the new car regulations really affected this race. Um, but, man, we just got great, great looks of of how fast these cars were. Again, I was talking to Bruno, and he was like, this should be the race that they show people to get them into F1. We got really great looks, especially at, uh, I think it was like turn three and turn nine where, where Checo was shining, of just how beautiful they this this track was and the show of speed that these cars have. Um, also, one thing that we got a great look at uh, with all the safety car restarts and the safety cars, or the red flag restarts, safety cars and everything, we got a great look at the safety car start itself. They did this shot multiple times where uh, when they brought the safety car out, they would go to like a long, dead-on straightaway shot of when the safety car pulls out of pit lane and parks itself there and waits. And you don't normally see that because you're usually following the pack. But they were doing these long extended shots of the safety car just chilling, waiting for the rest of the pack to come, and then it would start. Uh, I just thought that was funny because they showed that over and over again and something we don't really get to see. It was Mm kind of neat. Um, So then we're getting towards the end of the race. Um, Things have shuffled around a little bit. We've got a great showing from the Haas car. Nico Hulkenberg is keeping up. Uh, both McLarens are having themselves the best weekend they've had. A uh, little bit in the back of the pack still, but they're they're looking good. Um, K-Mag uh, unknowingly hits the wall with just two laps left. His, uh, his right rear tire scrubs the wall. The entire thing comes off. Yeah, blows the tire off of the mm-hmm. rim, and he's just... You know, forced to to end it right there. I forget where he was in the when he ended up going out, but he had a pretty good run. Going. He was looking good. Um, it was it was completely his fault though. I forget who he was yeah. battling with at the time, but it looked like he might have gotten shoved. And and no, he just he he misjudged it and he he put that tire right up against the wall and it it ripped it right off. So he's limping back to the pits. Um, and it was debris that caused the red flag, yeah? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. all the all the debris from his car that... His tire. Yeah, because it had sprayed. It was such a long distance, you know, if it had been in just one portion of the track or one sector, but because he dragged it out so long and he was able to get it back to the pits, there was there was debris from that everywhere. Um, so that causes a, a red flag um, with just two laps left. Yeah, so now we're everyone's starting to really... Uh, Really get have the hair on the back of their neck stand up yeah. as they're all anticipating. Speaking sh- of the Haas, showdown, yeah, yeah. Before we before we get to this uh, restart and everything that's about to happen, do you remember the the battle between uh, 
Nico and Lando. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a great one. I mean, you have two two of my favorite drivers. Um, uh, I don't even remember which lap it ended up being on, but uh, Lando Norris and Nico battling it out, and uh, Lando just edges him out, and uh, Nico kind of gets forced wide, and he hits the dust. But man, that was a great little battle there. Um, let's get into this restart here. Yeah. So at the at the restart, um, we had a showdown to the first. First turn, and um, Carlos Sainz. Uh, Everybody saw this as an opportunity. Um, <laughs> Everyone had the same thing. In Everybody mind. had the same idea. I'm gonna dive bomb. Yeah, they said, "Fuck it, let's send it." Yeah, it yeah. was like uh, you know when a school of fish shows up, and all the cranes oh, just yeah. dive down, and you know you get like a massive influx of all the birds just dive bombing down. It was every single car on the grid from one to, you know, 17 or however many cars we had left at this point, all just going in to that corner. Yeah. So elbows out. We saw Carlos Sainz turn in on Alonzo. Alonzo. We saw Stroll go off. Yep. We saw Stroll went off into the gravel. So did Checo. So did Checo. Um, We had. The two Alpines up against the wall, up against the wall with each other, taking both each other out. Yeah, uh, Pierre got hit by. Some, Did he get know. actually hit by somebody? He got pushed in, um, and then he. I thought hit. he turned like he moved over on him. Uh, maybe I thought he touched with somebody, or he might have been avoiding contact, but he yeah. ends up hitting um, Esteban Ocon. Yeah, they both go like wedge each other into the wall. Yeah, Logan Sargent. Punted Nick DeVries off the track. <laughs> yep. Just just fucking Charlie Brown style booted him. Oh my goodness. Um so yeah, so that was another six cars let, off. Let, let's count it up. So we have that's uh, another five cars off. We have yeah. uh a lot no, not done yet. We have the two Alpines out. We have Logan Sargent out, we have Nick DeVries out. Um who else? Sergeant Magnuson, uh, Russell, and Albon and Leclerc had already been out. So, yeah. So, so just four have, cars in that one restart. Yeah, and then on top of those cars, all the cars that went on top of the cars that DNF right there, who went out of the race permanently, we had all the cars that spun, got yeah, pushed so off the track. The Aston yeah. Martins both moved to the back of the pack. Yeah. So, um, Stroll goes off the off the road. Alonso gets spun out and has to follow all the way around. Comes to the from the back, um, and it's just it's chaos, and they literally yeah. just immediately go, "All right, guys, let's do it over." Yeah, like they meet red flag again. Yuki had moved up eight places. Yes, Yuki moved up to fifth. Nico Hulkenberg moved up. To He's in fourth. Fourth, and we had Carlos Sainz because he caused the penalty, waiting to find out. Uh, how long? How much of a penalty he was going to get with only two laps left? So this is where I got, I got absolutely giddy. Um, there was a big, big controversy for the the grid order, and uh, I do not like this. I don't like the way that this shit went down. Um, in F one, you have to get to the second the second safety car marker. All cars have to pass the second safety car marker for the current grid order to stand because they only made it to turn one. They hadn't gone the, the enough distance for the grid order to stay how it was. Cause like we said, we had 
We had it as uh, Max Lewis. Who was in third? Alonzo. And then, sorry, we had Max Lewis, Carlos, Nico, Yuki, top five. Who came out of that wreckage? Yeah. Um, Correct. What they end up doing is reinstating the starting order from that first, from that the, the second, previous, the previous start. Um, so it goes: Max Lewis, uh, Fernando, Lance, Lance, Sergio. Yes. Okay. This means that Carlos loses out on on. Well, Carlos would have been in fifth. I think, and then he got a ten second pe- or a five second penalty for the. No, he would have been in third. He was in third at the time. At, after the wreckage, he came out in third. But yeah, yeah, moved, yeah. After the wreckage, but yes. previous previous to that, he had been in fifth. Right, which is why. So he that well, yeah. he moves up. He gets and he ends up, yeah. you know, making contact. But they reinstate the grid order as it was, but he still has the penalty. So they're essentially saying that that lap doesn't count. But the penalties incurred on that lap are going to count. So he goes from back into fifth to now all the way in the back of the pack because you lose two more cars on that one. So it's not even just the five seconds. And he only has one. There's actually, there ends up being no time left because that burns off one lap. So we go from lap 56 to lap 58 right there Mm -hmm. because they go under safety car prior to the red flag. Um, which I guess we'll just get into it. Uh, they end up finishing this car under red flag, under, you know, which sounds weird. It's basically under safety car because they have to complete the last lap for anything to count. Technically, they had like a short run where they could have made passes, but it was, I think it was like on that last straight where you saw a couple guys making some pushes. It was before after the, the, before they hit the sector, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, they end up reflagging it or red flagging it and, uh, it's lap 58. There's not enough uh, leeway for them. You know, they can't restart it and then have have any more racing because they have to do a formation lap or, you know, whatever you want to call that. And then that counts as lap 58. It's about fuel consumption. It's about, um, you know, just laps put in. And we end up finishing this one um, as is. But so Carlos ends up on the worst end of that stupid rule and it's interesting because in Silverstone last year, he benefited from that. Mm-hmm. He got overtaken by Max after a red flag restart. And because uh, they hadn't passed the the, uh, the, second, the marker. second marker, this was after the Guan Yu Zhou accident, mm-hmm. because they hadn't passed the second marker, the grid order was reinstated. And what ends up happening to Max is he caught a little bit of debris. His front wing gets damaged there. Carlos goes on to win his race by benefiting from that rule. In this one, he really got fucked. Yeah. And... And I understand, like, your the thought that you had where it's like, oh, well, you know, technically that lap didn't count, so neither should his penalty. I, I would counter that with, well, let's think, why why do they give drivers penalties in those circumstances to begin with? For reckless driving? To prevent, as a punishment to prevent them from doing something stupid in the future. Yeah. So, you know, even though there wasn't, you know, a, you know, Mm. wasn't really like a di- disadvantage given to the uh, Alonzo right yeah. from that accident it still makes sense to me why they would want to penalize Carlos just to kind of just to reinforce 
you know, that they safety are, regulations. Exactly. I would counter that with uh, then penalize his super license, give him penalty points on his license. But if you're going to make that lap null and void, make that lap null and void. Mm-hmm. Because you had other drivers who, you know, were like Lance Stroll, for instance, Sergio Perez. They were on the, they benefited from it. They, yeah. Lance Logan, Stroll went on. Logan Sargent ran into Nick DeVries and ended his race. Yeah. They, you know, he didn't get a penalty. They went off. All these other guys yeah. went off and, and they made out fine because of it. They actually, you know, Lance Stroll, Carlos, or Lance Stroll, Sergio Perez, they should have lost a bunch of sp- spots. But because of the ruling, and, and, and this isn't even like, this could be labeled as their fault. You know what I mean? They went too hard in, late braked it, missed the turn, and go off into the gravel. They benefit from making these giant mistakes and because yeah. of this rule. Yeah. Um, Carlos Sainz is literally kicking freaking rocks. Yeah. I know Haas protested mm-hmm. this. They Their claim was the, the cars did make it to the second second line, you know, and they were trying to get, trying to preserve Hulk's spot that he had worked up, you know, yeah. like, but it didn't, it didn't work out. They decided. That's where, the only way I would have been happy with, uh, had they restarted this race with uh, Carlos in third and he gets this five second penalty, that would have put Nico Hulkenberg in third, getting his first podium of his entire career. That would have been the only saving grace for anything happening from that. So I saw a stat. He's, where is he? Um, uh, he's tied for third all-time races without a win. Shit, not even a win, a podium. Nick Heidfield, huh? 183 races without a win for Nico. And it's not for any fault of his own. It's, I mean, I guess that's not true. He's got to bear the brunt of a little bit. He's a little bit, but he hasn't been in a, a competitive car. He's always been in the midfield. Nobody's yeah. really given him a shot. But he deserves some some recognition for and still hanging it out and, and putting up great times. Absolutely. Really, I, th- I really think he's going to get it. That will be a bold prediction of mine on this season. I think he's going to get a, one. A podium. We, yeah. need a, we need something crazy like this to happen again so that Nico can get that. But I, I have an issue with that safety car line rule. I don't think it should be there. It should have, like, man, every driver made the decision to do that. Fernando, uh, Lance, Sergio, they were all involved in this. They're all partially to blame in a way, and that's just racing. Just because they didn't cross X amount of space doesn't Yeah, mean- I mean, here's the thing. FIA put out a statement afterwards. They doubled down on their decision. They said based on all of their info, I mean, they're going down looking at data. They're looking at who's turning when, who's pushing the gas, who's pushing the brake when. And they decided that Carlos still deserved that penalty. So the, the penalty, fine. If they want to give him the penalty, uh, whatever, give him a penalty. But like what we're saying is that a certain stretch of the road doesn't matter. A certain stretch of the track, any move that you make, the, your start doesn't matter because if it gets red flagged right off the line, if you get a great start and you make a great move, then that doesn't matter. That everything basically prior to turn one doesn't matter. If you overtake somebody, you should reap the rewards of that. If you make the mistake, you should bear the brunt of that. If you get into an accident, you should have to deal with that. Yeah, well. I don't like the fucking rule. End of story. I'm, I'm kind of confused as like what it is you're really talking about. But What do you mean? I don't. What's What don't you? I'm confused. Like what don't. What are you trying to say? Well, they're saying that 
all cars have to pass that second safety car line. Yeah. When the last car passes that second safety car line, that means that everybody ahead of that car has already done so much. They've already put in X amount of work. And if you've made moves in that amount of time that the last car crosses, if it gets red flagged, everything that you've done, accomplished, or lost out on is now, doesn't matter. Yeah, and? That's a bad rule. What what should they have done instead? Because now it's all for nothing. Just set that same... They should take it from however the accident plays out, whoever's, you know, however the grid lines up at the end of that. If Fernando Alonso's in the back and Carlos is in third, then it should be that way. And if Carlos has to take a penalty for causing that accident, then fine. Then he has to take that penalty. But Carlos takes the penalty and they reset the grid. So now he's double fucked. Yeah. And now Nico and Yuki... Yeah. Who were the ones who were able to stay out of trouble? Yeah, don't benefit from that. Yeah, I think that's trash. Just because the cars in the back didn't pass a line, they're they're half a mile down the road from that last car. Yeah, well, I just I think it's a maybe, bad rule. Maybe FIA will hear this and they'll think twice about it. I think they're gonna. I I do think that they're gonna take a look at that rule and then we will see a change it because it's it's really controversial. Yeah, I'm gonna DM. Uh, this clip to to headquarters and see what they say. Other than that, um, so the race ends up being uh, Max Verstappen first, Lewis Hamilton in second, good on him, and Fernando Alonso in third, uh, with Carlos Sainz taking a massive penalty, bringing it all the way up the rear, which is why he was so pissed off in that video that we saw with him and Chuck Leclerc earlier. Um, man, I wish I had made a prediction for three teams on the podium for this one. Uh, this was a crazy one, though. This one, I think, will go down in the history books um, as one of the wilder races we've ever seen. I don't think we've had so, this few cars finish since almost like U.S. Grand Prix. What was it? Yeah. Oh, whatever, when only yeah, seven see. or eight cars finished. We had, what, eight, twelve. eight teams in the top ten? Yeah, beautiful. And only one, eight. two, three, four. Oh, wait, no. One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, seven teams in the top ten. Yeah, and only 12 cars finished. Um, interesting one. Crazy. Can I um, just say, I, I haven't seen Lewis this happy in a long time. Yeah. Him being him. in second on the, it was pretty funny because uh, af- after the race, he's like, where's my team? There was nobody from the Mercedes team that was there. Really? The I thing. didn't see that. I think that was because... Um, at the end of the race, the the crowd mm-hmm. stormed the track, and uh, I think the Mercedes team just like tried to avoid it. That or they went straight to the garage and tried to like protect everything. They didn't want like people getting into oh wow their stuff or anything. So I, maybe that was that was why. But there's nobody. From, there was like a couple people from the Mercedes team there. I actually. didn't even notice the crowd getting stormed. I was I was in Minnesota. I was back in Minnesota by that point, and so it was you know. With all the red flags and restarts, it was like two, almost three in the morning at this time. I was yeah. watching. On, you know, on you know how they'll do the little uh, press releases. They'll be like, "So and so was called to the stewards after mm-hmm. the race." Apparently, the people, the promoters from the the Australian GP had got called to the from stewards. Albert Park over that. Oh wow! Because that's that's a real serious issue, and I know that like it was that bad, huh? Yeah. I mean, I've stormed the track before. Yeah, in Austin, but nothing dangerous. I didn't feel like it was. Yeah, it was like they 
It was like the ending of a national basketball championship game. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll have to watch that. The end of this race reminded me of, uh, did you watch the Daytona 500 this year? Uh, a little bit of it, yeah. How many restarts we have? And, and <laughs> I was watching because of Pastrana. Yeah. And like, and, and when I had heard that he had finished, was it 13th or 12th? I was like, man, that's amazing. And then, He was up there for a second. But, yeah, he was leading the race for a second, but then you realize that, oh, 60% of the field didn't finish the race. Yeah, I, was, I mean, also when they were, when NASCAR was at Coda just a few weeks ago, there was, I mean, that was it was the longest four laps I've ever seen in any sort of racing. And I guess that's, I don't watch a whole lot of NASCAR, but apparently that's par for the course. Um, so this this race was akin to, to NASCAR. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, we'll just leave it right there. That was interesting. Uh, good for Lewis. Um, on top of that, I thought that this was a great race for McLaren and Haas. They both showed signs of life. They're two teams that we've, um, you know, especially McLaren, been a little hard on this season. Um, and Haas kind of the opposite. We've been really boosting them. But uh, they both look good. Yeah, so some of the data. Um, McLarens were looking pretty good. They're, it's the race pace. They were not too far behind the Alpines. Yeah. Right also, here. the Alpines had a great – they looked – they were really putting up a fight. Pierre in particular, he was up there for a lot of the race. Um, man, so like I said at the beginning, heartbreak for numerous drivers. He's one of them. Um, yeah, they're kind of – I feel like they're going to be setting the pace for the midfield for the rest of the season. Yeah, kinda, they uh, – yeah. are they – they're sitting fifth now after this race, right? Uh, I think McLaren actually jumped up to fourth. Yeah, but I don't know if you can really – just because of today and everything, I don't think you can really hold the constructors' points as any sort of right. Well, I'm saying they're gonna. Yeah. I think they're going to end up in fourth. They've shown a lot of really good speed, and, and this weekend um, proved that. Like I said earlier, you know, Pierre Gasly he might have lost out on a position to Carlos, but he was he was right on his ass. He was in his DRS zone for a lot of it. He didn't give up on that spot. Um, so heartbreak for them. Heartbreak for fucking half the people on the grid. Um, let's see what else do we have. I thought, so they made changes to Albert Park. They got rid of uh, one of the chicanes, right, prior to this race? I feel like it was a couple of years ago that they did that. It wasn't just this year? I don't think so. Either way, um, it looked great. They, When you get rid of a chicane like that, you're able to carry more speed into that corner yeah, without the, having to slow down. And like we talked about, the, the speed that you were able to see in Albert Park just looked phenomenal. Yeah, and one of the biggest differences between last year and this year was I think that Last year, they had the four DRS zones in the practice, and then they ended up nixing one in qualifying and the race. So they left them all four of them in this weekend, and I think that helped, you know, keep it a little bit more together. Yeah. Um, I thought, I don't know how you feel about this, but, uh, you know, we've had a few races this season. We've had two other races, and it, it looked like it was a, a real runaway, uh, obviously, for Red Bull, and, and they had couple saw the first chinks in their armor uh this weekend with just human error um potentially a bird error for max i don't know but last season when we got the new car regulations most teams were having to deal with porpoising for the majority of the season so we didn't really get to see we didn't get to reap the fruits of the labor of the new car regulations and i thought this year with porpoising being almost all but nixed um and albert park looking Phenomenal with the new changes that they've made to it. This was the first time I think that we've truly gotten to see the fruits of the labor of the new car regulations because the pack was able to stay tight. They were all able to hold pace. 
we were able to see teams getting in that clean air, like Pierre Gasly, being able to keep up with each other, and and it just made for super exciting race for every every team at every different level. Like I said, you know, the the McLaren and the Haas being able to battle with each other, everybody in their own sort of class of the field was able to keep pace with each other without anybody running away. Yeah, and it was interesting to see at this race more than any of the past couple that the the field is really split as far as like team wise. Mm-hmm. You weren't just seeing like one team here, one team here, one sure. team. You were seeing, you know, the top ten was like eight to seven different teams for yeah. most of the race. So it was yeah. cool to see that split and to see, you know, it coming down to more just we like got to, driver and exactly. more in circumstance and less about like we got to see a lot yeah. of that particularly I think with the Williams team. You know, Alex Albon was really putting in um putting his name in the hat to uh to show things. But yeah, um new regulations just really showing up here at Albert Park. Um like I said before, I had never seen this as one of the more exciting races and holy shit, was this a good one. I think we had talked about doing this. I think pretty soon here we're going to have a uh, we're going to start doing a ranking for race of the year and we're going to move the dial um as we go along. We'll figure that out and we'll get that to you guys. So far, has this been your favorite then? I think this has been my favorite of the year. It's been the most exciting. It was crazy to see that last, you know, hour, half hour of the the race be as chaotic as it was. But we're only three races in, but man, it keeps, it's getting more and more exciting as we go along. Let's get into now our, uh, our full prediction reviews and fantasy reviews, and then we'll wrap this bitch up. Cool. So... Starting off with the bold predictions, one of mine was top Charles top three in qualifying. Almost happened, didn't happen. Uh, Close. Charles top five in the race, obviously didn't happen. Didn't happen. Russell finishes ahead of Hamilton, definitely didn't happen. Didn't happen. Man, you were close with that one. I was, too. I was close with a lot of these. Uh, Hulkenberg top 10. That's, that's. Um, <laughs> where did he finish? You got, you got top 10. You got a. He uh, got points. He seven. finished seventh. Yeah, so that's one for me. Also, was this Oscar's first points? Yeah. Yeah, at his home race. Good on him. Yeah. You know what I noticed? Um, we have every single team has a point this, so far this season. Yeah, and I think that's the f- first time. In a few years. In a few years, yeah. So. And almost every single driver has points themselves, save for a uh, little Yankee Doodle Dandy. Uh, <laughs> okay. so let's, yeah, one let's day. Fi- yeah, let's finish out your bold piece. So, and then we got Albon top ten. It was close. He was he was doing well. Stroll top five. Let's go. That's two points. You got a point there. Yeah. Wait, two points total or two points? So yeah, two you got points a point total. for Hulk. Wow. And then one for Stroll. So that gives you three total on the season, right? I guess so. I haven't. haven't been... Yeah, because you had one point last time. You got two points on this one. Okay. Wait, what was your last prediction? Stroll top five. Stroll in top five. So you have four points total. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So you got three points this week. No, two points this week. No, you got Nico top 10. Yeah. What was your other one? Stroll. Stroll top 10. Top five. Top five. Oh, so three points total. Yes. Okay. Now let's go to my... <laughs> are you are you drunk? <laughs> no. I'm flabbergasted that I'm losing. Yeah. Um, bring up their notes page real quick so I can see all the way at the bottom. Okay. All right, so my prediction was uh, McLaren would finish last. Uh, did not happen. Um, 
I also had Alex Albon in the points. Did not happen. I had a Red Bull finish 30 seconds above the rest of above the second place finisher. Um, absolute carnage. Obviously, did not happen. This one I can't believe didn't happen. I had that somebody would do a shoey. This one will remain to be seen. I didn't see one. You say you didn't see one, right? If somebody out there listening to this can go to the broadcast and show me a shoey on the podium, it could have been an engineer. It could have been the mayor of Melbourne or wherever they're at. Somebody on that podium doing a shoey, let me know. Uh, The next one, I missed out big. I said, like I said before, I thought this was going to be a boring race. I said one or fewer safety cars. I missed that one by a long shot. And this one really sucks. I had George making contact. Uh, As far as I know, George didn't touch with anybody, yet still didn't finish the race. I should have just had George DNF. (laughs) So it's 3-0 on the season. You're winning that one. I need to have a big comeback here in the next few weeks. Well, Um, I mean, you are winning in fantasy, so. Which was what really matters. Let's get to our fantasy update. So the ITC Official Fantasy League. We have myself, Incident, in first with 925, Brandon, Porpoise Power. Oh, you changed your name, Porpoise Power Trains. You're not Porpoise Power 2 anymore. Yeah, we got a new engine program happening this year, so. um, Congratulations. Uh, You are in second with 896. I'm slowly building a a smaller gap ahead of you because it started out as like uh, 5, and then it was 20, and now we're up to... uh, no, I feel like it, I think it's shrinking. It was you had 29. like thirty points on me. I think I had less than that. I, we were only twenty I'm or twenty-five. Pretty sure it was more. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm closing it, but I don't know. I disagree. Uh, Susie Wolf stand account big leap all the way up into third. Jay Money drops Huge. down into fourth. Yeah, Susie Wolf stand account big, big, big leap. Good on him. Uh, Jay Money drops down to fourth. Strolling with my homies drops down to fifth. Church of Checos remains stagnant in sixth. Let's go full throttle. Big fall off a cliff. And KJ, um, still bringing up the rear. Pick it up, buddy. So just this weekend. I made out much. like a bandit. You know, I, don't, I got so lucky. As far as, with as, as upset as I am about that safety car second line rule, that saved my fantasy. Yes, I don't know what you're complaining about, so... Um, for the betterment of the sport, it's not all about me. Some of us aren't looking at just ourselves. Uh, but that is it. This has been Into the Chicane post-Australian Grand Prix edition. We'll be back next week with news and notes. We're three weeks away, almost a month away, from uh, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Almost there. See you guys then. Peace. Peace.